What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 257. On this episode, I'm joined by CLNY. Talk about the Patreon, merch shop, music releases, music talk, graveyard, Twitter, internet friends, DMX, dead artists, more music talk, boat life, and a bunch of other shit. Thanks for checking us out. What up? First thing I will get to on this glorious Wednesday is going to be our Patreon at patreon.com slash a podcast mo. Go there, give us any amount of money and get early access to the podcast. Uh, you can give just a dollar a month. Get on that tier like our uh, new patron, Chet, I mean, Jackie Daytona. Jackie Daytona. Now, uh, you know, we normally just like to shout out the new patrons for a week or so. Um, but if you want to get a shout out every time, you can be a co-producer. Like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Marshall, the Dharmanishta Bear, and it's your boy H2.com, our newest co-producer. Thank you all for keeping us going. And um, also we have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast mo. And uh, we have some pretty cool... I mean, they're not really that cool. They're just a T-shirt with our podcast logo. So if you think our podcast logo is decent enough and you would like to wear that around and people be like, what the fuck is that? I mean, I'd recommend it. Um, all right. Also, uh, I'm just going to keep saying I have a beat sale this month. Uh, 33% off any of my beats or leases or exclusives, any of that um, for the month of April with the code if 3 sell in celebration of my new album, Internet Friends 3, coming out this month. Um, so check that out at alemo.beatstars.com. All right, now to the real shits. Uh, Calling the homie CLNY, or a.k.a. Park Hillmatic, a.k.a. Hottie McThotty. I think that's all of her names on stuff. Um, I, I, in my mind, call her CL, but I know... I know her real name, like I've seen it before, but I just don't refer, I don't think of her that way. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll give her a call. I think she's about to go on like a Navy boat for a few weeks or some shit, you know? So she's going to try to get some thoughts out before that. So anyway, let's, uh, let's call it. That's good. Uh, everything and nothing, you know, some <laughs> of those, those times in my life. Oh man. I, I find that, um, from like the music side, when I'm in this mode of like my album scheduled to release and I've listened to it a bunch, but no one else has, I like fluctuate between it's awesome and it's horrible. Uh, and then it also makes it hard to work on new music because I'm like, well, I kind of want to wait and let people hear that, but also kind of want to start, you know, there's a lot of uh, bipolar thoughts, if you will. Yeah, no, I, t- I definitely dig that, man. You you just, you, you know what I'm saying? You, you dropped your project, man, like. First of all, the, the album artist. Oh, thank you. That was dope. I don't, I don't even know how you did that. Like, I look at it every time. I'm like, damn, how the hell? That was dope. Yeah. So people that don't know, um, my album came out April 23rd, Internet Friends 3. Um, I had this idea a while ago that I was going to try to make it look like Google. But instead of Google, I was going to say A to the Mo. So I looked up what Google's font was, you know, and I downloaded that font. To, to write A the Mo. Now, A the Mo is a letter off as far as the right length as Google. So I had to like fuck with the colors. I don't think anyone's noticed that much. And then 
Uh, yeah, in the search engine or in the search bar, it's it has Internet Friends 3. And then I really enjoy I made like this little promo video that looks like someone's typing it in, you know, the search bar. And I do. Yeah. I, I watch it. I'm very proud every time. Like, man, I'm so smart. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That was super witty. It was very clever. And no, I didn't like I, I don't think it even mattered that you kind of switched around and messed with the colors a little bit because, you know, Google itself, like every time you put in Google, you know, day to day, you get like a new um, design, right. which is dope, celebrate different things. And it's just kind of cool. If you're ever curious before you start your search, you wind up clicking it. And I just thought that was super. Um, it, it was just like it was creative, but it wasn't like the way I've seen other people try to like mimic Googling something. It, you had it like spot on. That was dope. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not a lot. Whatever I was in the middle of making that and then also my canvases, which are like those little videos that play behind Spotify. I was like the whole time, like, fuck, I'm so good. <laughs> like, and I rarely have those thoughts, but I was like, I'm killing it. Yeah. Right now. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I like that confidence. Right. And if you haven't seen the little short videos I've been sharing every day up until album release are like four to eight seconds. Those actually are the canvases. Um, but it looks like a Google image search. And then the, the, Pictures in the images will be like me, the other artists, and then things we're rapping about. Like there's references to our verses in the images. So right now it kind of looks like a random Google search. But like if you've heard the song, you're like, oh, my God, that there's the, there it is, you know. And so I think that'll be really cool for anyone who like cares when it happens. Nah. So, yeah, not to promo myself too much, but uh, real quick, get, last time you were on here. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. What is wrong with you, man? Uh, yeah, but it's weird. It's weird. I, mean, I get it's my podcast, but I'm like, yeah, people know. I talk about the show all the time. But you had a project where that came out like a month or two ago. I feel like it could have been that long. But uh, the last time you were on, you had a project just come out. Um, how has that done? Um, it's it's performed very well. I mean, like, I feel like my music is good. So I always expect you know, the, the music to perform quite a bit numbers wise. I've never been a numbers person, but this, for this particular release for more American, I actually, I'm not going to say I became a numbers person, but it, it did so well for such a long time that it's, so I know that the material and the topics that I talked about weren't like super comfortable Right. So I expected like when I first released it for the numbers to go, you know, nicely, humbly, and then to drop off drastically. But that that hasn't happened. Right. Um, there have been times where it's it's really fluctuated. Like there have been highs, um, of course, and, and there are lows, but it hasn't flatlined. And I, I really like that. It hasn't plateaued. Not flatlined. It hasn't plateaued. And. I'm uh, I'm kind of psyched about that. I wonder, you know, with the next project that I'm trying to release around the June timeframe, you know, I think this will still get plays because of the, the content. I think it just people feel like it has a place, which is why it's still getting plays to this day, as opposed to, you know, kind of plateauing. Um, but the next project, I, I think that'll go crazy. I think that'll reach even more audience, like people who don't necessarily care to hear, you know, the topics that were in the last album. Right. I mean, and I'll even admit, uh, because your last album, if you don't know, it's very, uh, it touches on like the struggles with being a, a black American 
Is that mm-hmm. more or less the, I think an easy way to explain it. And yep. I'll even say that um, I've gotten to the point and I think this is like the man's goal to where I'm like, I am kind of over it sometimes, you know, where I'm like, fuck, can we just enjoy life? Like, why do we always have to hear about how shitty everything is? But then I also have my moments because I'm a little liberal leaning where I'm like, but I get why we're talking about, it. you know, like I get it. But I even I have those days where I'm like, you know, I want to be Candace Owens about it, you know, because that's kind of her whole argument <laughs> is like, can't you just enjoy a good life? Why are y'all like that's like the thing I've heard her say. And uh, yeah. I, I understand that, you know, I have those moments where I'm like, geez. But so I get what you're saying, like your next shit's probably a little more fun, not so deep. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you have some deep shit hidden in there. I mean, but. you know what? I got like a, it's crazy. I got this one song that uh, was inspired by my nephew, Zaire. And uh, I think he kind of like experienced his first real like heartbreak. And, you know, that, you know, people joke and they say like guys are complete dogs after the first heartbreak. They are never the same. And so like you always hope the guy, you know, your your son or your nephew, or, you know, they like the first time they find love that it works out or else they're going to turn out like, like a shitty guy. Right. But, um, I, um, I was inspired, you know, he kind of opened up to me and just talked to me about, you know, his, his ex-girlfriend and, you know, what she meant to him and why he felt like it was so hard to let her go. And I wrote this song and it's like, I think when he hears it, he's going to know this is the song that I wrote after the conversation with him. And it literally, it, you know, lyrically, it kind of goes through, you know, who he was before he met her. He never really trusted anyone, never, you know, wasn't the relationship type to kind of how that changed. And he started to fall for this person before really realizing that she wasn't really falling for him the same. And, you know, he still felt kind of like that addiction to the rush of love and all those emotions and, you know, the nice parts that come with sharing, you know, space and energy with someone and feeling like you can be yourself and like no one else understands you except for this person and you're intimate with this person. So it's just, it's brand new and you, you kind of never want to like let it go. Even as a relationship kind of change and you realize this person is temporary. It, it It's still not as easy as it should be to let it go. So this particular song, like it's dope. And, um, it just, it sounds good and it's fun. And it's like, if I don't tell you like the dark conversations and this, the sadness that, you know, I've had with my nephew, you know, just about his feelings about experiencing this as a young man. And I mean, he's like, he's going to be like 20, 21 this year. So he, you know, he's of age to really express it, but you can't, you don't get that from the music. He understands. And I think when he hears it, he's going to be super impressed that I made something that sounds this freaking good and is enjoyable to hear. And you want to hear it over and over again. And you never pick up on like how dark it was the inspiration for it. And that's what's fun about this next project. Like a lot of this stuff, the content is dope. It's still deep, but it's not as demanding for you to be serious when you're listening to it. It's more, it's fun. It feels good. Right. Yeah. And I think uh, when I was 20 years old, a 20 year old man uh, or boy, I don't know how (laughs) you would word it. uh, I was definitely a 20 year old boy, I guess, if I have to be honest when looking back on it. Um, But yeah, I because I was fat growing up, you know, I didn't have much luck with the ladies. You know, and I kind of say on this podcast, I think it makes it seem as if like I came to college a virgin or whatever. And that was not the case. You know, like I had friends and, you know, my life was pretty good in hindsight, you know. But when I think of it, like in school, I was like always jealous of my friends who were like 
the ladies men, right? Got like lots of ladies. I was like, oh man, that seems so cool. Um, but really in hindsight, probably not for me. And, uh, I would say when I got to college and, you know, the first person I you know thought I loved or whatever. Yeah. The first heartbreak is definitely horrible. And I would say that everything after that, I still have never completely opened up because I think, and I think that's maybe not for just men. I think probably it happens to women too. Uh, but it was like never again, damn it. You know? And so like, it just made me a more cold hearted person in general. I wrote a song about it years and years ago. So I get the, uh, the vibe you're going for. So I'm curious now to see how you turn that into like, fun times dude this this song will give you chills like it's it's ridiculous it's, it feels really freaking good and it doesn't sound like anything i've ever done before and i'm super excited about it hell yeah um i mean anytime a song can give you chills that's always good you know yeah. um, i would say it's been a while i don't know if it I don't know if it's been a while or if ever if any one of my own songs has given me chills i'm sure it has you know there's sometimes shit really hits close you know, and I'm like, fuck, I shouldn't have been that vulnerable. You know, I guess I have those moments, but it's not chills. I mean, I have too. Yeah, it's not like chills like, uh, oh, my God, that's awesome. Normally, my chills are like, oh, my God, someone's going to hear that and judge me. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like uh, it's like fear based. I've uh, I've had those moments like I was like that about uh, deployment letters. And like, I felt like maybe I said too much. I, every time I hear the song, like even now it's been out for, you know, since February. But like, I, I'm always like, dang, like, did I say too much? Every time I hear it, I'm like, uh, but like, as of now, like to this day, um, I mean, it's, it's got like 17, you know, just what 1800, you know, streams on Spotify. And it's like, you know, just in the last 30 days, it's, it's been in, you know, Chile and Sweden and Germany and the Netherlands. And you know what I mean? Like it's, it's it's going places and it's probably touching people like who may not be able to 100 percent identify with what I'm talking about. Maybe they're not in the Navy. Maybe they don't even, you know, fully understand where I'm coming from on that song. But I mean, you, you got places from freaking Charlotte to Birmingham to Raleigh, North Carolina to, you know, East Orange, California. You got freaking Amsterdam, you, you got, you got, you know, um, Montreal in Canada, you, you got places, you know, that someone is listening to this. And I think that's the fun thing about music. I wish I could reach out to those people and be like, Hey, what did you think? What did you take from that? Because music, like anything else is one of the, we could both hear the same thing and hear something different. Right. And I think, I think that's dope that, you know, something like deployment letters is still like today. Today is a high, you know, and I, I usually I mean, I'm not like like I said, I'm not a numbers person, so I don't track super hard. But that's just on Spotify alone that I'm looking at and going, wow, like people are listening to this. And I, I wish I knew what people took from it because they may not be as critical as I am of myself. And I feel like, you know, when people listen to your music, it they may not give you all the feedback you want. You may even like assume that no one's listening, but it's, it's dope that people kind of get to take whatever they want from your music. Right. And, um, I would say definitely people are, you know, listening, I mean, taking something from it, you know, um, I, I myself, because I am so self-deprecating, I typically just assume all my listens come from, and they do come from the homies over at graveyard. You know, I'm, uh, 
I can't be like officially apart because, you know, I didn't grow up with them and they're like a homegrown thing. But like I'm like that next uh, ring in the electron graph or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> we're, we're real cool over at me and Graveyard. So, you know, they put me on a lot of playlists and I get a lot of plays and, I'll, and it's great. You know, it, it's supplied me with a little bit of, of the money and and to where I am excited. You know, I see the numbers. And I'm like, awesome. But then I'm also like, oh, it's probably all it's just their playlist, you know, like it also gives me an excuse to still feel like I'm not doing anything, you know, like for instance, right now, I think if I check my Spotify, I have like 6,000 monthly listeners, but that's only because I, I mixed a song that has Sir Nasty on it that they uploaded that also features me and that they've gotten on all these playlists, you know? So it's not really my listeners. They're more of Sir Nasty's listeners, you know? So I, I like to use that stuff to be like, yeah, so I probably have like 30 listeners, you know, like I like to kind of keep myself humble that way. If that makes sense. No, that's dope. They're, shout out to, to Graveyard. They're definitely dope. And what I like is like, you know, while they are homegrown, like, I don't know, they, they don't, they never make me feel like an outcast or like, you know, right. Because they, they really show love to, you know, good music. And I, I see that while they're not like exclusive, they're still kind of, um, they're, they're still kind of, they they take pride in, in what they do. They're just not slapping a bunch of nonsense together on a playlist to put out there. Like, so to be a part of them, like that's, it's definitely an honor. It feels good. And I like to just kind of look at what, you know, their playlist and just, you know, that's how I find other artists. A lot of times it, it's dope. Right. And honestly, the thing I like most about them, and I know they'll be listening to this. So I feel weird talking about them like that. And it's like, not just one person, it's a group of four people, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think the best part is that they, because it is a group of people, I don't think anyone ever gets in their feelings. So like me, I would like be like, well, guess what? So-and-so's not on my playlist anymore because fuck them. But they don't ever get like that. You know, they're like always positive and they really seem to look for people that just are, are trying to have a community and trying to be helpful and build, you know, like they're not putting, like you said, anybody on their playlist. But if you're someone that like you're vocal and you're supportive and shit, like there's a good chance you'd make it on onto one of theirs. So, um, I don't know. I think they have, they have a good way about it. You know, I've, uh, I mentioned on this, the last episode, how there's a lot of negativity on Twitter. I've noticed lately. And, um, I don't like it because I like to be negative. You know, when other people are being negative, you, you kind of feel like you're piling on. So I'm like, God damn, I need y'all to be happy so I can be the negative one. And, <laughs> and like, uh, you know, I have some friends on there and they, they seem to be against kind of that whole thing, right? Like, all right, I'm going to become a community of artists and then we might play each other's songs, you know, and we'll help share each other's music. But some artists think like that's that's cheap. It's not real. It's all y'all are doing is just listening to each other's music. You know, like I hear that I've seen people post that shit before. And I'm like, I guess. But like to me, if that's better than like no one listening to my like if the options are like nobody or like a few people on Twitter that I'm friends with, I guess I'll take the few people to listen that's a that's a tough thing for me too because you know I've never be, really been like the spammy. Okay, don't get me wrong. I've I've definitely dropped links. Right. I think that's probably how I found you know caviar music. But um, and I, I think you know especially like with D Street when he would do his uh, reviews, I thought that was dope. And I and I found like a, a lot of artists through D Street, and you know just listening and tuning in for other people, not just like looking for my name to pop up or for him to review something of mine and then getting out of there. Um, but you know, with the whole thing where, you know, people like tag 30 artists that they know, and it's like, you see your name pop up on Twitter and you go to the tweet and it's just a bunch of at names and then you try to scroll up. Like, what is this about? 
And it's just like, oh, you know, or or even shout out, you know, the shout out today and shout out tomorrow. I've never been that kind of person because it doesn't really signify communication or connection for me. It's just lots of typing and you're not really interacting with me in a way that I know how to interact. And but, you know, I've become more flexible and just understand like that's some people's that's that's their thing. And you never know what, what can come out of it. It's just um. I don't know. I get like, I guess this like this old fashioned way of like, you know, no, I want you to like address me individually and like connect with me. And it's like, I got to relax for me. You know, the only time I will do those uh, like group tags is if it's like I have a podcast episode, you know, with all the songs. I'm like, it's featuring all these people or if it's, uh, you know, a playlist featuring these artists. I think that makes total sense. But yeah, Yeah. when it's like today's Wednesday. Listen to all these people that I think are dope. And it's like all these at names. And it's like, I wonder if that actually works. Maybe it does. I don't know. Well, and honestly, I I used to be even okay with those. But then I started noticing they'll be like part two, part three, part four. And if you're if I'm not in part one, then get the fuck out of here. Don't put me on any of the lists. You know, I don't need to be on. (laughs) What, What I think is cool that does come out of that is that it'll be like some artist who actually has time and will see all these names and just like, you know, kind of curiously click through, you know, and, you know, follow whoever he's, he thinks he might be interested in. Right. Or even people who go and click through and follow everyone. It's like, yo, I just followed everyone on that list. I'm gonna check y'all out. You know, the community of musicians, let's all like link up and get together, show love, blah, blah, blah. It's cool. Cause sometimes that person will follow me and I'll like go and check out their stuff. And I'll be like, damn, yo, you're, you're kind of dope. And I think that's how a lot of people found me in the beginning. Right. You know, it was just like random. Yeah, I mean, I treat people basically like I treat podcasts. Like, I'll follow you, and then the next time you post something music-wise, I'll check it out. But it's probably pretty rare that I'll follow someone and then go look at their past stuff, you know? It's like, all right, you've made the rotation. Let's see what comes up in the future. Just like if I typically, if I subscribe to a podcast, I very rarely go back and listen to them unless they're like some evergreen content, you know, like about history or something. But if it's like a current event podcast, I'm not going to go listen to like, a month ago stuff that always <laughs> seems weird to me. <laughs> so that's how I feel about people. I know it's not probably fair and I have gone back and listened to music, but also something that kind of uh, hinders my ability to enjoy and listen to people's music is I really want them to send it into my music review podcast, you know? So I like to have like a fresh response on that. Um, so I like to be like, Oh, that's the first time I heard it. And here's my thoughts. So if that ha- so like if if it's an artist that I know is going to send me the song and their song comes out, I will play it and just mute it and like they'll get my play, but I don't want to listen to it until <laughs> until I listen to it on the podcast, which is kind of fucked up. Um, and I if they're homies, of course I'll check it out because people ask me my feedback and stuff. But uh, I just I enjoy the have having like an honest uh first chance sort of uh here's my thoughts, you know? Yeah. Nah, I feel that. I mean, I saw a post one time and somebody was like, you know, people always, you know, give the publicity and, you know, the word of mouth about famous people. Right. So Lil Wayne drops a mixtape, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, everyone is like, you know, saying what they thought about it. And, oh, that new Wheezy's out, blah, blah, blah. Right. But you, your homeboy that, you know, busts their ass is grinding and makes music that you even like. But you've never posted about it. You've never, never said a word. You see them doing all this promo. You see them going hard. You want to kick it with them at the studio. You want to hang out with them, you know, when they're doing musical stuff and be around whoever they're around. 
but you know, you the first time you get to mention something, it's always about someone who doesn't even know you exist, who doesn't even acknowledge you. You know what I mean? But your homie, you forget about them. So somebody was like, you know, if you really fuck with your friends that make music, it's really not that hard. You like you have Spotify, you have Apple Music, you have whatever. Log in and put the shit on mute. And before you go to bed, hit play on your homies shit and get them some streams. Right. right? You're already paying for the service. If you're not paying for the service, that's cool too. But like not even to put some money in their pocket, you know, because it takes a lot of streams to really make any real money, but play a homie shit. If you don't really want to hear it, okay, put that shit on mute and go to sleep. But like, y'all give all of this energy and love to people who don't even know you're existing. It's cool to be a fan, but you got friends that are talented and they deserve that support too. And I I just kind of was like, man, that's smart, you know? Right. And I'll be honest, I I actually have... uh, I don't think they're fucking with the streaming as much, but I do have uh, a few f- friends in real life that like really fuck with my music and they'll share links and shit. So I'm always really grateful of that because I do see those posts all the time. Like how some people be like, no one in none of their friends think their music's any good or something. And I'm like, what? That's crazy. Yeah, man, it, it happens. It's out there. I remember like having to like beg people to post it. Like, yo, I'm, can you post this? It's the most awkward thing, right? Because you you feel like what you're putting out there is pretty good and it deserves that just on its own. So it's kind of disheartening to be like, you know, yo, can you can you can you post this? You know, can you tell people to listen to this? You know, but I used to have to do that. Right. And it's cool now when I drop something, it's cool like to see people who I used to have to ask or people that, you know, I was too ashamed to ask. And you drop something and they don't even tag you in it. They post about it like, yo, this is dope. And it might be like the album cover or how to find it on iTunes or whatever. And it's just like, oh, shit, like you bumped my shit. Like now I don't even have to be like, yo, bro, by the way, I got this shit out. Can you listen to it? Can you tell me what you think? Can you share it? Like it's dope. It, it It's a learn. It's a long process. It can be, right. you know, I would say, you know, your, your best friends be like people on the Internet. Yeah, it is true. Like what I was going to say is like I said, I have some friends. Really, I just don't have that many friends in real life. So like, you know, my homie Skinny that's on the music podcast, he comes over a couple times a week. You know, he will share my links all the time. You know, like he sees me share it. He's going to share it. Um, and then he has a homie who I'm also friends with, Blackout, who's been on the podcast, who like uh, lives with him kind of sometimes. And so he'll share my shit. And then my homie Pow Wow every once in a while, you know, and I got a couple other friends in town, uh, but I just don't really have many real life friends anymore. Um and then I did have a a cousin who shared uh, internet friends one or two. One of them been like, "Holy fuck, my cousin made this shit!" You know, like once he heard it. Um, so I mean, I do have a couple moments like that. But yeah, most of my my friends, it seems like, are internet people. You know, and then I feel weird because not not everyone is a friend. You know, like it's hard to it's hard to distinguish between an internet friend and an internet acquaintance. Um, uh-huh. Like. And it's hard to even describe. Now, I've had some people, some people, it's just super organic. You know, I'll just use people as example, like, uh, you know, Brad Sturex, who I've been friends. I think he sent a song like the second music podcast, maybe the first one on a long ass time ago. Right. And uh, he just started listening to the podcast. And then he would DM me like, hey, I heard you talk about this. You know, he kind of said, and then through time, we became good Internet friends, you know, like and there are some people that they'll hear me say that type of shit on this podcast. And then they will like force it. They'll like start DMing me all the time. Right. And they'll think like, 
well, if I'm DMing him, obviously we're friends. And we are, I guess, because you've kind of forced it upon me. But there's something about something forming organically. Like me and you, I think, are very friendly and we're cool. And we've always had good conversation. I don't know why. You know, there's not one thing you did that, that was like, ah, oh, she's cool. But whatever reason we, you know, get along, we talk well and uh, it just works. And it's hard to explain to people. And, you get, and you're not going to, honestly, because you're not going to be that mean to someone to be like, yeah, we just don't vibe like that, you know, <laughs> on the Internet, yeah. like on this fucking the most thing that shouldn't even be personal. But you're like, no, nah, I don't fuck with you like that. So, you know, you don't ever say it, but <laughs> there are yeah. those thoughts. Nah, I, I get you. It's it's some people. I think people who make me feel that way are people who don't who want to like fake connect with me. I, I really can't get with it. Like it's weird for me. It's, I don't know if you and I have really good like chemistry with the podcast and just our interaction online is because either we're both really weird or we're both super normal and down to earth. I don't know. It could go either way. Yeah, but, I think I'm both of those things somehow. <laughs> it, it depends on my mood. But um, no, it's like there are people who make me feel like their interaction with me is just based on like if I can do something for them, if I can help promote them in some kind of way. And I usually I, those people don't really last with me. Like after a while, it's just kind of like, mm, all right, I'm not really feeling that. And then there are other people who really just enjoy talking about music like you. And, you know, from time to time, they'll send me music and just, you know, want to bounce ideas. And that's cool. Um, that's a great way to develop rapport. But it's like, you know. Shit. And then there's just some people I've never had like an actual conversation with, but I like their energy online. Right. You know, they, they always like have something positive to say. And it's not like annoyingly positive. It's really just like, damn. That was like, I, maybe I needed to read that. And like, you always seem to catch me at the right time with your positivity. So, you know what? You can stick around, bud. Right. Like, I'll even shout out like Karma. Karma is very positive. You know, I'm sure you're friends with her. And um, and she's real, you know, like, uh, you know, she does a lot of numbers and stuff. So I think a lot of people look at her, you know, and they're like, why does she have so many numbers? I think she catches a lot of hate for no reason myself. But, um. You know, she's whenever I've like posted some depressing shit before, she's like hit me up and like, hey, are you OK? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was just posting some shit. We're good. You know, but like not everyone would do that sort of shit. You know, actually, no one did except Karma. So, um, you know, I do think she is just a positive person. So shout out, Karma. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, no. OK, so kind of switching the subject, Um, you know, DMX passed away the day before we were recording this, I believe. And I did see you post uh, how it, uh, it was affecting you or whatever. And I will just give you a recap because no one's heard this at the time of recording. I did do a podcast yesterday where we brought it up. And the thing I, I, I like DMX just fine or whatever, but I've been aware of this whole the block 360 or the block 365. I can't remember the name of it. Um, this big trill dude was doing these mixtape scams and they've been scamming artists that are like, am I in your position out of like $500 to, you know, be on DMX's mixtape and be on Jada Kiss's mixtape and shit. And so like these celebrities and rappers were letting this company use their likeness and their Instagram accounts to do this. And I've been aware of this for about the last year. So like it, it, it affected the way I felt. I mean, like, yes, he still had a, a you know, a good rap career and all that, but it made me feel a certain type of way, right? Like, I don't know, you know, he was scamming people. Um, and then, so that's why I haven't really posted anything about DMX. Uh, I mean, everyone's got their own take on stuff, right? Like, you know, we can think about any, any person who isn't like our actual family, 
And uh, despite what they, I mean, dude wasn't a saint. Right. I don't, I don't know if he was, you know, pocketing. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I had parents and then I had music. And music for me shaped who I became, who I am, how I think, how I look at the world, how I communicate. You know, um, it, it wasn't really movies or video games for me. I was a, I was always into music. And a big inspiration of mine uh, was DMX. I, I feel like in some way he helped raise me. Uh, I think I was probably the only six, seven, eight, nine-year-old who knew every word to, you know, Daytona 500, you know, Raekwon and Ghostface, you know, I, um, there are certain things about my childhood that if you take away certain musical inspirations, it's, it, it would have changed the way, you know, I looked at the world or thought, you know, just as a child. Um, and DMX was one of those people uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's different. I don't know him. I wish I met him. Uh, I wish I could have gotten to sit down and talk with him and tell him, you know, how he affected my life, how he influenced me and, you know, maybe even played him a song. Um, there were things that I think Bill Cosby may have or may not have done, but based on what he's been accused for doing, you know, I think he's doing time. And I just think like, it's sad to see an old man that used to make me laugh, you know, to think he's behind bars and that's how he's going to spend the rest of his life. There are other celebrities that I don't have remorse for, you know, like R. Kelly. I think I'm, I'm always really shocked that what he was doing went on for so long. And it's just like, how, how did we not stop this a long time ago? Right. You know, well, do I, do I really care to listen to his music after watching the surviving R. Kelly series? No, I'm kind of grossed out by it. Um, I I do not, I can't hear it the same, imagining that he was singing some of the songs that I liked, um, that he was actually singing them and he was uh, inspired to make these songs by like little girls. That freaks me out a little bit. So right. I can totally understand. I think how it's some interesting that you seem to sympathize with Bill Cosby more. Whereas, and I think his is just as bad as R. Kelly's in my mind. I don't know. So, like, I, we're, we're, it's all subjective. In terms of, like, not so much, hey, what he did wasn't bad. It's the statute. First, I mean, there, there are two different situations, right? There's there's no proof. It's, it's a statutory. Um, it's whatever Bill Cosby did or didn't do was so long ago. And it's no way to like, it's no hardcore way to prove it. It's just based on how the law works and allows someone to make this claim years and years and years and years later. Right. And based on the jury of your peers, you, you can be found guilty for something. Um, however, you know, R. Kelly, like people knew, people knew, I mean, people again, were getting their daughters for whatever reason. So I think that's more concrete. And that's why I don't feel bad because you, it's like people knew. But people Our knew children. about Bill Cosby back then. I mean, rumors went around. So I think both are horrible. I mean, I think R. Kelly shit is probably worse because it's not, kids. I'm not here to, based on what they did or didn't do, I don't feel like it's my place to judge them and and base that on if I have remorse for someone who is struggling or loses their life. 
They didn't have the same impact on me that DMX had. People love Eminem. I don't get it. If he died, I don't think I would be sad. He didn't have an impact on me. When Kobe died, I never liked Kobe as a player when I was a player. I appreciated Kobe when I stopped playing because I realized his approach for what he was doing, everything in life, was something that I could respect. So when he died, I was sad. Yes. Not because I even liked him as a player, because he he influenced how I thought as a as an adult, how I approach things, a certain level of pride. And it hurt to not be able to keep, you know, continue learning from that person. It hurt that they're gone. And it's like, damn, on top of that, he has children. I can feel remorse for that because I'm a human being with a soul where despite his rape allegations, I would never bring up his rape allegations in the same sentence as his family losing him. Because yet again, there allegations. He just happened to not be found guilty. We have to like put this into perspective. None of the, none of them and there's rumors about everyone, but he happened to not be found guilty. Had he been found guilty, do we get to throw that, you know, in the air when we talk about losing somebody? I think people have to come back to a sense of humility. When we talk about losing someone, you know, I everyone is different. If Donald Trump died tomorrow, mind you, I don't know this dude. I don't have anything personal about him. I heard a lot of shitty things about him. I've heard him say a lot of shitty things about people that he doesn't know anything about. However, if he would have died tomorrow, I would never be like, well, ah, I didn't really care for him. So, you know, and I heard he did this, that. It. No, it's like, yo, somebody, somebody lost someone. Someone loves him. And I feel bad. Like, that sucks. It sucks when we lose people. Now, DMX in this particular case had a huge impact on who I am today and and musically. So, yes, I cried when I sent that tweet. I was literally crying on the way home from work. I couldn't even maintain it. I put on, you know, every DMX song that I had on my iPod from 2015 or however old that thing is. And I cried because I felt like I lost something that was a part of me throughout my childhood. I think I cried when Robin Williams died. He was a part of my childhood. I think I'll cry when Jim Carrey dies. He was a part of my childhood. I'm gonna probably cry when Bill Cosby dies. Not because he was a saint, because he was someone who influenced me and it was someone I grew up with. Not in my life personally, but someone who, who made me feel something good at one point in time. It's, it's, you know, when people, you know, cry and stuff like that, you remember like the old film with Michael Jackson and it would be like people passing out and it, it, it probably looks crazy, but if someone really makes you feel something, you know, it, it's really not up for, oh, well, you know, he was touching children. So I don't know. No, like everyone gets to feel their own kind of way. You shouldn't have to explain to anybody why you feel like you weren't, you weren't that touched over, you know, DMX dying. It's totally okay. And I think people should know that. I think people should get to feel how they feel because, you know, we're all different people for a reason. So anybody who's like making you feel like you got to explain for not being sympathetic over DMX, fuck them. I, I would say I will not be sympathetic over any celebrity or any person I don't know dying. And then this whole like, well, they die and someone lost someone. People die every single day. So like, I don't know. I'm just in this camp of like, you couldn't tell me a celebrity that died. Even all the ones I love the most. I'd be like, okay, 
Like it just would not affect me at all. But that's just the way I am, you know, or whatever. But that's so the thing. it's like, is it because they're a celebrity? Because there are kids dying and, you know, right. Uh, to me, that's the same thing. Like if I'm not going to be sad about little kids dying every day, then why would I be sad about someone who got to be a millionaire well, dying? No, I mean, I get it. I just don't I don't place like, you know, their celebrity status or their money or anything. It's a it's a person. Right. And I mean, I can even enjoy their stuff. Like I like DMX songs. And uh, like you mentioned, Eminem, uh, if he died tomorrow, wouldn't I be like, oh, man, that's crazy. What? How'd he die? Yeah. You know, like it just no. wouldn't be. Uh, oh, my God. I listened to, you know, guilty conscience when I was eight or whatever. Like it just wouldn't. I just wouldn't process it like that for some yeah. reason. I don't know. No, I mean, or, or like movies. It happens with movie stars, you know, and people be like, oh, and I love this movie. And I'm like, OK, I don't know. It just I've never got it myself. Um but I, I mean, I think it's fine for people who do, but I think a lot of people, uh, not including you, not saying you, of course, a lot of people are just really quick to be like RIP DMX. Yo, you know what people were quick to do? I almost fucking threw up last night. There was a shirt when I was like eight or nine years old, right? In New York City, we got a radio station, Hot 97. That's where you'll get like Ebro in the morning. Um, and, uh, and, and the other guy, I forget his name and Miss Info uh, and, and Rosenberg, right? So you, you got these guys. And like when I was coming up, it was like Angie Martinez and Funk Flex or Star and Buckwild. And I'm like going like way back right now. But they, you know, every summer they do Summer Jam. And I've learned like just from living in different states that whatever their radio station is, they call it whatever the radio station and Summer Jam. And I used to be like, there's only one Summer Jam that I know about. And it's New York City. And people come from all over the world for this concert every summer. Now, I think that was like 99, 98, maybe 2000, where they had the Rough Riders and DMX was making his huge, like explosive, you know. Right. And then you had you had Jay-Z there as part of the Rough Riders. And then you had um, uh, Cash Money was was coming up. And, you know, it was really like Juvie and Turk G-G. that were kind of yeah. like the big. Yeah. So and it's like. There was a shirt and my mom got it. My mom went to Summer Jam that year. She absolutely loved DMX. He was like the closest thing, you know, New Yorkers had left to Tupac Shakur. Um, And it was like, I remember this shirt and I was so pissed because I wasn't old enough to go. And I remember like being really bummed out. But but she brought she brought back shirts from the concert. And uh, what's crazy is uh, my (laughs) My uh, wifey just bought me a motorcycle last weekend and I've been looking at like, you know, custom decals and stuff like that to put on my bike. And then, you know, I thought about it like, you know, the first time I ever like even thought about, you know, a motorcycle, anything like it was watching the Rough Riders and watching those music videos. And, um, you know, so just curiously, you know, I went on eBay last night to see if I could find like a Rough Riders, you know, motorcycle jacket. I need a I need a motorcycle jacket to protect myself. People, you want to talk about how quick people are to throw, you know, whoever dies to throw their name out there. Yo, I cannot, I I can't make this up. There were so many listings on eBay for just people just slapping DMX's face, like whatever picture they could find, slapping it on t-shirts right? and like trying to sell them for however much. Somebody actually, and reason why I brought up that Hot 97's that shirt from that concert, someone actually has one. And it's got like, you know, 
it's, it's got some wear and tear to it because it's an old fucking T-shirt, but it's in pretty solid condition considering it's a T-shirt, you know, that's made it all these years from that concert that year. And it was going for $1,700. That's a lot. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's just just because, like, if you knew how important that year was and how big it was surrounding DMX and the Rough Riders and, you know, cash money and whoop de whoop, like, they know that someone out there, you know, this this guy just passed away and someone someone's looking to nab that because that's a that is a keepsake for a the ultimate fan. Right. And I, and I, it, I kind of look I don't look down on the ones selling it. I look down on the people buying it. Like you went to the, the day Dodger like now I'm going to go buy my DMX gear. I, I, I don't know. I look more down on that person, I guess. I mean, well, look at how people did like, you know, the MF Doom. Right. They scramble. It's not that they weren't fans. It's just that they feel like, you know what? As an ode to, you know, this guy's influence on me or how much I appreciate their art. Let me go buy that. Who's, I think it was like um, his album is like number one right now. Rough Riders Anthem is like number one right now in the country. All four of his albums are top 200 right now. He's the first artist ever to have all four of their albums in the top 200 list at one time. Like, and I, I'm not upset at those people. Like, it's the same thing. People are going to listen to his music to go and relive that appreciation because no one's listening to the same artist. Well, maybe I am, but no one's listened to the same artist through all of these years. New artists come out, new sounds come out, and they want to listen to everything, right? So some shit does get lost in the past. I played fucking Eve, Gwen Stefani, Let Me Blow Your Mind the other day, and I forgot how good that shit sounds because I'm not listening to the same songs, the same artists every day. I want to hear something new. So it's not, I don't think it's, it's even fair to shame those people, right? Because if I bought the shirt, it's because I really want this shirt and I'm willing to do whatever I can to have that thing that I remember from back then because this shit means something to me. Yeah, I guess I'm just too jaded. You know, I'm just I look at all these people playing DMX. I'm like, why don't you play your homies music? Oh, you're going to play some guy who died today's music. You know, like we were saying earlier, I just get too, uh I get too jaded or caught up on one side, I guess. Um, but I get that's how it I works. mean, but nobody can hear they homie all the damn time either. That's true. That's true. Uh, I don't know. My my wife has never heard of DMX. So this morning, uh, well, she claims she hasn't, which I think is crazy. And I'm like, you know who the fuck DMX is. And she, I mentioned like all these songs and she's like, looks at me like, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. And, uh, but she started her day off reading some article someone wrote of, you know, why he shouldn't be celebrated basically. Uh, and it was, uh, I guess he has some lyrics about him raping a 15 year old or something like very vulgarly <laughs> describing it. And, uh, I was like, I guess I could see if someone like if that was their first interaction with who DMX was. Yeah, they would not feel some type of way. But like to your point, is that is that what you should be saying this, you know, talking about uh, this close to the time he died? Because the Kobe thing, like you mentioned before, I did love Kobe growing up. And I know for me, the way you're kind of like well, the allegations on Bill Cosby, you know, like you for you, you're going to talk about the way you do. I used to do the same thing with Kobe. I'd be like, well, the girl was 16 and acted like she was older and he was only 19. Like, you know, like I had all these things and I'm not saying it's, I still am like, I think Kobe was right. I mean, he was famous, you know, like I have all these justifications in my mind as well. Um, but I do think, and I, and I thought at that time, like when he died, probably isn't the time to bring any of this up. So I, I agree with the DMX stuff, probably not the time, uh, to bring it up, but it's just interesting how, 
everyone handles it. You know, like I've just been, uh, and not just him, anyone died. Like you mentioned MF doom before him. Uh, fuck my homie skinny loves him. The, the one dude who OD'd on the airplane, uh, juice world, you know, like everyone loved juice world. Like everyone just acts a certain way. And those people do become very famous. I think juice world still, uh, like in the top 10 artists of the last year, you know, and he's been dead for a while. So that is the way I think we are trending. Same with Tupac. I mean, Tupac was famous and had number one albums after he died uh, a few times, I believe. I don't know. I'm not a huge Tupac fan. Or I just didn't listen to Tupac much then. I was, you know, Team Biggie back in the day. <laughs> You're Team Biggie. No, nah, man. It's, um, I think it's weird, you know, when we keep getting like Biggie albums. Like, yeah. like what? Why do we keep getting, like, stop? You know, I don't know, but maybe, maybe, maybe whoever's handling that is supporting Biggie's mom and Biggie's children who are still here. And, you know, if anybody deserves to live off the legacy of Biggie, it's probably them. But it's just weird because it's like you keep putting all these other artists on the songs with Biggie that Biggie didn't even know these people. And it just feels weird. But whatever. Out of my control. I, you know, I remember the Biggie remix album. Had uh, the like Jesse Fizza, you know, or whatever on the. Yeah. <laughs> it was like all these producers came was, in, and <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't like. It. I didn't like it. It was weird because it it takes away from this the nostalgia that people really enjoy when they haven't heard something in years or something triggers like a memory from their childhood, like they remember the first time they hear it. Like Winter Wars, I remember being like on a school field trip to I don't know. Uh, the Empire State Building and being in the back of the bus, just fucking going hard to Winter Wars and having all my friends in the third grade looking at me going, why, why do you even know this song? What's this song about? Like, why are you going so hard too? like, are you OK? What are you even listening to? And it's like, what? You don't fucking know Winter Wars? Like. Yeah, when I was in second grade, all I remember is I really like Coolio's one, two, three, four. Get your booty to the floor. Got to got to get up to get down. You know, that whole song. And yeah, yeah. Uh, one other kid in my class knew it. <laughs> That's all I remember. I remember that like, I love this song and only one kid in my class so, had heard of it. If, if, if fucking Coolio passes away tomorrow, would you feel wrong being like, damn, I, I, I don't know about his other music, but I fucked with that one song from when I was a kid. Let me go ahead and throw that on just for old time's sake. Uh, I mean, I've listened to it probably within the last year because I have, you know, moments where I get stoned. And I'm like, let's listen to old rap music. But uh, I probably wouldn't just go listen to old Coolio because I would I wouldn't want to be one of those people that would weigh heavy on my internal self. That's weird. You wouldn't want to be one of those people who goes and enjoys someone's music. Oh, but I don't think I'd be doing it to enjoy it. I mean, if it's not a song I'm listening to right now, like I haven't like I said, I've listened to it once in the last year. Um but it's not like something I'm going to listen to. So I would feel like I'm only doing it because they died. I'm not doing it because I'm going to enjoy that song that day. Like if it wasn't something I was going to do anyway, I do feel like I'm kind of just doing it to prove a point to myself that I'm a real fan or something. No. And again, who knows that hasn't happened. This is just all my hypothetical of, you know, me (laughs) trying to put myself in that situation. Uh, I just, that just isn't normally how my brain works, but I don't even listen to much music. If I have to be real honest, one of the things I'm, I probably should be the most shamed about is the fact I listen to so little like mainstream music. You know, I'll listen to my homies. Like we mentioned earlier, you know, friends will listen to to give them some plays, but there's very few like mainstream artists that I'm listening to. And then 
Like, for instance, like I love Code of the Friend. He's probably my favorite artist at the moment, uh, you know, that I listen to regularly. But then I'll be like, man, I've listened to this a lot and I don't want to. I don't want to listen to this artist too much. I don't know why. I just have these random thoughts of like, you know, I need to work on my own music or I'm going to go do something like I don't I don't allow myself to enjoy music. And maybe it's since I'm sort of making beats like you listen to music differently. I feel like so. Like, I don't know. (laughs) My whole relationship with listening for enjoyment has changed in the last couple of years. Yeah, I can see that. I can see. I mean, that happens. But it's more like for me, it's not that I enjoy it less. I actually just enjoy it in a different way because understanding the process of making a beat and going through and clicking sounds and figuring out what goes and, you know, kind of being a little bit sporadic with the melody to, you know, make something really come about. Um, And then, you know, the different types of the different ways of engineering sounds, vocals, you know, melodies, um, you know, with Melodyne and and, you know, auto tune and all the different things you could do with that. For me, it's more so of, you know, n- not judging for creativity, but, you know, as I'm hearing it, I'm trying to mentally, visually, you know, go through what they must have had to do to make this sound. And while I never thought to put this and that together, that's actually kind of dope. And then what are they doing with their voice? to kind of amplify it. and just the level of creativity stands out more to me because I understand what goes into making it. Like when I hear like Claro, um, it's like, God, that's dope. And it's like, she's not like really trying to sing. She's really just kind of harmonizing, but it sounds dope. And it doesn't sound like she's even like putting a whole lot of output, you know, into singing. It's more so like, volume control. It's very laid back, almost like 21 Savage is super laid back. You know, it sounds like he really doesn't even want to be there to rap. He's just, it, but it, it, it has a cool kind of effect to it. We've gotten used to hearing a number of artists that have that laid back. So when I hear someone sing that way, you know, it's different. And even like the kind of music she uses in the background, different beats, it sounds like she's singing into a cup. Or in in a closet, you know, it doesn't sound huge. It's not a bunch of reverb. It's things like that that go through my mind when I listen to music. I listen to music as much as possible. Some days are really shitty. So when I get off work, I I will ride home in silence. Um, well, just yeah, to clear those days. <laughs> yeah, just to clear my head. But, you know, other than that, I'm taking in, you know, because that's what that's where I draw a lot of my um, inspiration and it's more peripheral. I never hear something and go, damn, I want to recreate that. It's not that kind of inspiration. It's more so just constantly having sounds um, that, that help me sounds later. Yeah. For me, the reason I probably don't listen to more music is I just listen to so many podcasts and, you know, I've gotten to where like I'm subscribed to so many and, you know, they come out weekly and I'm like, Oh fuck, I have so many, you know, I, I feel um, I feel like a commitment to it, you know, I'm like, fuck, I got to listen to it um, before the next one comes out, you know? So I, and I've gotten into more and more podcasts lately. And so I feel like that's really just taking up some time, but I've gotten to where I'm listening to them at almost two times the speed. So I actually get through them pretty quickly. Um, and then when I do listen to music, I find that I'm almost always gravitate towards instrumentals. Um, even on Spotify, you know, like, uh, I'll, I might listen to a little low fire, just something, you know, without lyrics, because I find myself these days, and this is, again, I'm probably just a hater. Uh, 
I just don't like a lot of rappers like mainstream rappers, you know, like a lot of stuff like you mentioned 21 Savage to me, if it sounds like someone doesn't want to rap and that is definitely a style people go for. I'm, yeah, I'm just out I just, beat like the thing right now. I don't know why. Right. I can't <laughs> I can't do the I don't care to be there. I can't do the offbeat. I can't do the like baby voice shit like and I'm not like I mean, the beats can be cool or whatever, but like I just am not going to connect to it, you know, like and every once in a while there will be like a popular song that I'm like, oh, that shit's pretty cool. But it it's pretty rare. It is pretty rare for me to um to love anything that's like in the rap caviar playlist or the most necessary, you know, like the top Spotify hip hop playlist. I listen to them every few weeks. You know, I'm like, oh, let's check out what they got. I'm like, oh, I just hate it. Hate yeah, it. No, I don't I don't know how half of the new guys are like I heard it like 42 Doug. And every time I see like a, a new name, it's like something crazy. It's like, I. I don't know. I don't know. I can't even begin. Like, I'll just be saying everyone's name wrong because I'll see it for the first time and have no idea. They're like, who's this like poo shiesty? And like, I don't, I don't know, man. But just hearing it, like if a car goes by playing it and, you know, (laughs) and I I can Shazam it or, or so, you know, ask somebody like, what the hell you, what are you listening to? Cause I'm random. I'll talk to strangers. I don't care. And they tell me, and it's like some ridiculous name I've never heard. It's like, mm, yeah, I'm going to pass on that. Or, you know, what's a lot uh, where I find a lot of music, people who post their stories on Instagram um, and whatever they're doing, like, you know, if they tag the song in it, you can see the the name of the artist and the name of the song and stuff. And like, even if that, you know, 30 second clip or whatever, however long sounds like some shit, I don't want to fucking hear. Um, I probably won't listen to it. But I mean, come on. Okay, think back. What was the very first time, like, you know, you bought music, whether it was a cassette tape or a CD? Right. I mean, I could probably answer if you like the first hip hop cassette tape I remember buying. I cannot tell you the name of it. I I have this memory at four years old because I, I grew up in Oklahoma. So everyone loves fucking country music. Um, and I, I bought this one and it had this song called Tic Tac Toe. I don't even know how it went, but in my mind, it was like Tic Tac Toe. Some, 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 you know, some shit. And I was like four years old and I fucking loved it. Had it in my little Walkman and just played the shit out of it. And then <laughs> the next ha- rap song I remember loving was in kindergarten, which was I wish I was a little bit taller. I just love that song. Had that on cassette. And uh, also the, in this time frame, single cassettes that were just a single song was very popular. Or I don't know if it's popular, but you could buy them, you know. So I had like a lot of cassettes that were just a single. And um you know, so I, that was pretty much out. But I really didn't probably like blow up in my like music loving until Napster came around. So like when I had dial up Internet and Napster in like fifth grade. So that would have been, I don't know, 98, 99, something like that. Like I just downloaded everything and like I would have I'd be on the Internet all night. My mom would wake up in the morning pissed off at me for staying on the Internet all night time the phone line. But I would just have like hundreds and hundreds of songs downloading. And then that's when I learned or realized I loved music more than my friends because I would just want to listen to it all all day. And they'd be like, I don't give a fuck about all these songs. And I'd be like, dude, I downloaded every song ever. Like (laughs) I was all into it. It, it, You got to think like. I remember when like Soldier Boy came out and I thought that I, I thought there's no way people are seriously listening to this in their spare time. I was a freshman and, in college and we loved it. Yeah. It's just like, you know, or like the Asher Roth, you know, man, oh, I, you better I, not talk shit on Asher Roth. Cause I love college is whack. 
but he's one of my favorite rappers and everything he's made after that is better than almost every rapper out. So can't have you talking yeah, trash. I, I didn't even give him a chance. I wasn't buying that shit. I was like, you know what? I'll pass. Uh, but he does, but like, just, he does like real rap. I, I know that's hard to believe, but like, cause I love college is like a, just a Weezer sample of a, a one hit wonder or whatever. But like his other rapping is like, he's trying to like earn the respect of the, the real rappers, you know, I don't know. I love him. Love it. So if he died, um, I guess I'd not be affected. If Asher Roth dies, I'm going to be saying like, God damn it. There goes the second best white rapper. <laughs> See, and it, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, you can judge people that are like, I'm fucking crushed over DMX, but you'd be crushed over Asher Roth. Like that's a first. I don't think I know anybody else who's going to say that. So, right. See, I really wouldn't be. It's just a cool joke because I really do love him. Um, and you know, <laughs> I just think you show your ignorance of how you're not, you're not up on the streets, you know, Asher Ross for the kids. Uh, I would recommend yeah, I checking out Paps and jazz. I think Wu-Tang, that's Wu-Tang is for the kids. You, you grew up on like country music and I don't know. I grew up on like, I, did, I just said I didn't grow up on it. I hated country music, but it was all around me. So I had to find rap music. Um, I mean, Wu-Tang's yeah. fine. I, I, I'm, I like Wu-Tang and I like um, A Tribe Called Quest. And that's and I've told you this before. That's the only New York shit I can get down with pre-Biggie. And then even after Biggie, I mean, I've as I've been watching this hip hop evolution show, I've watched like eight times because I'm just obsessed with it on Netflix. That's a good show. It is. That's a solid show. It's very good. And the more I'm watching, I'm like, fuck New York. And honestly, maybe fuck West Coast, too. I might just be you know, I might just be off for the down south. You know, that might be where I'm at. Well, Oklahoma is not claimed by anybody, by the way. We're not yeah, we're not on any of the maps. So <laughs> <laughs> they're like, fuck. Oh, yeah, this is uh, this Asher Roth thing. I, I don't know. It's. It's just it's stuff like that that I thought there's no way people actually are listening to this, but like people enjoy it. But I remember like that there's an interview and somebody had like Soldier Boy on and they asked him to pick a throwback. And he 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 recount he recanted like in his first like hip hop memory, what was a throwback to him. And I was blown away because he said 50 cents in the club was like what inspired him. That was his first like real realization that he loved hip hop and wanted to be an artist. And I was like, are you kidding me? What do you mean in the club? That was like, that's not a throwback. Like this is what people are growing up on and they go forth and create their own sound. You know? So when you get like an ASAP Rocky who doesn't sound like a New Yorker, really, it's like, you got to think about what his first influences were. It was, it was, you know, Scarface. It was, you know, guys from Houston, Texas. And that's why he sounds the way he sounds. You think about, you know, a lot of these rappers who are out now, you have to think about they didn't they they wasn't on Coolio. My first tape was uh, uh, Warren G. Regulate. You know what I mean? So those were in and KRS-One and and LL Cool J and, you know, DMX and Big Pun and Big L and actual rappers, not people who just write words that rhyme like actual rappers, you know. And so when you think about these guys. You know who their influences are? It's like it's like Lil Wayne. I mean, Lil Wayne's probably my biggest influence, so I can't. Lil Wayne is like future and and guys who you know a lot of times say shit that doesn't make any sense. It's not intellectual at all. It just sounds good. It's it's a vibe, and people grew up on two chains. You know what I mean? Are putting out music right now. Which is people who grew up. Their throwback is Chief Keef. 
Ah, that's the worst. It's the worst. You know what I mean? But that's how you get a lot of these guys that are out right now and they are flooding the, the radio streams. And it's like, you know, it's there are kids right now who are listening to that. And that is their hip hop. That is their musical experience that they're going to kind of cling to as they move forward in their own artistry. And the music just changes. That's the way it's supposed to go. Maybe. But either way, uh, you got to learn about Asher Roth. So you hear I love college and you just dismiss the man. But me, I was on the Internet because that's the type of person I am. And so I download um, this mixtape called The Greenhouse Effect Volume 1 hosted by uh, DJ Drama and DJ Cannon, you know, and they they hosted a bunch of fucking mixtapes back in the day. So once I was like that, um, he was in that that freshman class with Charles Drake Hamilton. My, no, no, Drake wasn't Drake in Double XL. Uh, um, Drake, Kid Cudi, and Kid Cudi is far more like. I think Kid Cudi's so overrated. I fucking can't stand it. But um, I love a kid named Cudi. His mixtape is one of like if that was an album, it'd be a top five album for me. But I think all the Man on the Moon stuff. You no, know who so, else was boy. in that, that freshman class? Big Sean. Well, it was Big Sean. No, you're Drake. Buddy. Drake was never in the Double XL freshman class. So Are you sure I'm positive because he's talked about it. Now it's he refused them and then he uses it for like how uh, they didn't have him in double XL. But I know for that one, B.O.B. was in Asher Ross year. And so was Charles Hamilton. Yep. And yeah, because those three did Make a song together. Song. And that's how I really became a fan of Charles Hamilton. And then he was like my favorite forever, even though he's not even a good rapper, which sounds mean. But like just you can go back and listen. You're like, why was I ever a fan of this? But at the time, I loved it, you know, just as a. As we're saying, you know, kids love what they love. Um, I was like, this dude's the fucking future. And then Charles Hamilton fell off. It was so sad. But those double XL lists used to be so such a big deal back in the day. What's crazy is it'll be all those. It'll be the 15 guys. And it's like it's kind of cool when you when you look at who's still around now, who's still in music, who's still you know what I mean? Right. Well, I think Asher Roth purposely is not trying to be in the spotlight because he had such a bad experience, but his manager was not good, man. It's not about him. You are, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. And if I'm going to have to fucking DM you all the kinds of fucking songs, um, (laughs) he has a song called miss small booty, which is like probably the small booty anthem of the world that more people should know about. So it sounds like a bite off of most deaths, miss fat booty, but okay. I mean, it probably is, but you know, we have parody songs that are great. I mean, you can't do parody <laughs> songs now. Lil Wayne's half his whole fucking discography is him rapping on other people's shit. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but like, I don't care for Lil Wayne at all. Uh, People see, love him. I go back and forth. I mean, growing up, he was my favorite. And up until a few years ago, I would say like, he's just by far my all time favorite. He didn't, even, he didn't even rap on beat until he started doing Go DJ and Fireman. And suck it or not. That's when he started to really like actually rap. But at that point, if I if I recall correctly, he wasn't writing his music. It was Gilly the Kid. And as an artist, I mean, I, I, I don't think that's been proven. Those are just allegations from years ago that no one can actually. Um, but no, I mean, <laughs> his I, my favorite era of Lil Wayne is before any of that. It's during his squad up days after Hot Boys left and they were going to try to make a group called Squad Up. And then he put out the Squad Up mixtapes and you can hear him ripping his pages that he wrote or he claims he wrote um, out of the notebook. And it, that was the last time he wrote anything. And I loved it. And so I would say I think he would be better if he wrote. But after that, he did go to the whole Jay-Z. I don't write shit, which I don't as an artist understand. I'm like, just make it easy on yourself. I don't get 
They just punch in everything. And then they claim they punch in. So they act like that's too important. My shit's too important and well thought out not to fucking write it down. Right. So, so um, maybe that's why I'm not having any success. I'm not like saying random things where half of the shit makes sense and half of it, it just sounds kind of good. And the rest of it just goes to the beat like everyone else. That's what everyone else seems to be doing. But I did have an epiphany on Little Wayne within the last month or so because I I've been writing. I have a friend who's in jail forever and uh, he he's always defending little Wayne lately. And I'm going against him of like, dude, he's just not that good in hindsight. But I had my epiphany this week of like, I do think he makes lyrics that are for people that have like ADD. And I think I am someone who was like not diagnosed with it, but had ADD Um, because he does say like so many punchlines, like in a 16 that it's fun. Like I was just listening to him the other day and I was like, it is fun being able to catch all the, the clever punchlines, you know, like, but it doesn't make it enjoyable like 10 years from now necessarily you know what i mean like it doesn't have legs like some of the great rap music does but it is fun to listen to because you're like oh i get that oh i get that reference oh there's another joke you know like i don't know that's how i've come to think of it anyway <laughs> yeah i don't want no fucking jokes man i like my mind to do stuff it's like when i'm like talking to someone i i don't like small talk you know i like i want to actually dive into some shit that we both like kind of care about enough to like hold a decent conversation like that's how i like my music right and also i think kanye is probably i like was trying to mention earlier i always try to think of who my most influences were and i think my flow i have a lot of little wayne flow moments so i i definitely can see it um but i do i listen to kanye a lot like i loved kanye when i was in high school like college dropout is the only album i bought three times in a in an era when i pirated everything you know like i just kept buying that album so um, for some reason, I, I really did enjoy his style because it was so like a normal person, you know, like he wasn't street. And like, that's something I really appreciated, you know, and I think that's probably led to like why I eventually felt like I could rap. Like, you don't have to be a from the hood to rap or whatever. And some people would say you do that. I shouldn't be rapping, you know, that there are people that have that opinion. But um, I don't know. I, that whole era, I'm a big fan of. So. I guess that would be my era more so than your, your, what are you, would you say like you're a late eighties era? Cause you were mentioning lots of late eighties acts earlier. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I grew up with a lot of disco at home, a lot of, uh, R and B and soul and hip hop was kind of a, a thing, especially, you know, with my parents being New Yorkers who were, you know, familiar with the club scenes and my uncle, you know, DJed. And so I got a lot of the, um, LL Cool J and, you know, Rakim and KRS one and EPMD. And, um, you know, then you get kind of like the De La Soul, then you get like your Tribe Call Quest and you get Busta Rhymes and, um, those kind of things were just like inevitable. Yeah. Busta you know, Rhymes like, was definitely one of the first rappers that really infatuated me and my friends, I would say probably like, you know, pre like, you know, mentioned a lot of people I've seen over this last week, be like DMX, the first shit I heard or whatever. Like I remember Buster Rhymes, like everyone loved Buster Rhymes when I was a kid. Like I think break your neck came out and like all my friends knew that song, you know, and that was probably one of the first hip hop ish songs that everyone in my friend group knew. Nelly was definitely probably the one that blew it up because he was from St. Louis and that's fairly close he might've been like the the biggest deal that made my friends into hip hop. But I, at some point in time, it went from me being the only kid who listened to hip hop to like all my friends listen to hip hop. Yeah. Yeah, man. For me, it was just like immediate. Oh yeah. It was immediate. 
it was it was like you know the exposure to everything that was out there you know i was a big shine fan for a long time like some people didn't like him you know because he came out right after biggie people thought his voice sounded similar but if you listen to it, it doesn't sound similar at all you know so at some point you know you kind of branch off and you like what you like but you know we we always had um a lot of musical influences growing up at least in, in my household so it was just you know shine's verse i even know of is the confessions remix you know the Usher wow. song. He like he rapped a verse uh, through the prison phone, and and through that I learned who Sean was. But like I had no idea who that was, who he was before that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, because there wasn't the internet. I mean, there was the internet, but not like there is now. And even if I was a kid now, I probably still wouldn't look up all this shit. I'd be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. You got anything else to talk about? You said you're about to like go on a boat for a few weeks. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm gonna head out. Um, uh, if I, uh, I shouldn't die. So I'm not going to say that, but <laughs> I shouldn't die. Uh, I'll be back and, uh, I'm sure I'll, uh, you'll see me pop up on Twitter. Hell yeah. So what's it like? Uh, I I've recently, um, been listening to a lot of, you know, random podcasts about history and politics and sociology topics and philosophy and all this random shit. And one of them was about how they're like, you know, these, these ships out in the ocean, they're like a whole fucking city out on the ocean. You know, like, and people don't quite realize how big they are and how many people are on them and how many, how much it takes to keep it all running. So is that, is that the scenario you're about to be on? Like the, like a battleship type shit or a airplane carrier, whatever. So, no, I, I used to be on a carrier. That's definitely like a small city is like, you know, anywhere from three to six thousand people on this floating thing. And it's like, you know, it's it's huge. And until you kind of like learn it, you get lost in there. But if you know how to get to work and you know how to get to bed and you know how to get to where the food is, you know, everything else in between kind of falls in place, you know. But, but um, you know, with that situation, you you could you could see someone Monday and like not see them for two, three weeks, depending on, you know, what work schedule you guys are on. Maybe you're asleep when they're awake or, you know, just having so many ways to get to a place in the, in the ship, you know, up and over to the side under, you know, you know shit like that. It, you could like completely avoid someone for weeks if you wanted to, <laughs> but, uh, on the ship that I'm, that I'm on now, it's a destroyer. It's a lot smaller. There's only like 300 people on it. So to go from 6,000 to 300, and it's like, you know, if I don't want to, if I don't like someone, I don't want to deal with someone, it, it, it'd be a, a tough, uh, a tough feat to like not run into them like in, a, right. in another 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's basically the whole reason I live in the town I live in now and not my hometown. Um, and I would go bigger, you know, uh, my, my hometown has like less than 2000 people in it, or I think that's what it's at now. It had a little more when I was growing up there. Um, but yeah, like you would just see the same people all the time. You know, and then like I'm the town I'm in now, I think has like 20,000 people. And I felt like that was really big for a long time because, you know, I grew up in such a small town. But now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, fuck, I see the same people all the time. Um, And I've like (laughs) I've stayed in like Dallas or Oklahoma City or different places for like a week or two here or there. And I'm always like the thing I love most about it is how no one knows me. Like the fact I can just put on a hat, walk down the road and like no one even gives a fuck. Whereas in like the smaller the town is, the more people give a fuck about if you're walking down the road or whatever. Yeah, that's weird. I, I don't know if I could enjoy that. Yeah, my uh, my best friend's from Tulsa area, and he went to my hometown when we were in college, and he was like, why is everyone's front door open? 
And I was like, what? And he was like, we went down this road and everyone's front door is just open. Like, is no one going to rob their house? Like, no, man, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's a small ass country town. And then he's like, and why does everyone keep waving? Like every person we pass waves at us. And I'm like, I don't know, man. It's just how it is. But like, I never thought about it until he he came down there and was like, showing me how fucking weird it is. I was like, I guess you're right, man. I guess it is weird. Uh, and- yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it's uh, definitely different. Definitely different. But well, good luck on your ship. Uh, when is your next album coming out? Uh, I don't have a date for it. I'd like to do like my mom's birthday. I'm I'm always weird when I like release something. It, the the date always has some sort of significance. Um, yeah, so I'd like to go for like June 19. But uh, one of my engineers who's working on the album, he literally like just had a baby. And he's like in full daddy mode. And I, I have like no qualms with that. Right. Um, I'm actually really like excited for him and, and proud. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm taking it's it's coming a little slower. Uh, he's actually handling all of the features. Um, and then my other homeboy who's handling uh, the rest is like three or four songs off the album. Those are the ones that are more experimentative than the other songs so it may take quite a, a bit and then with me having to go out to see it'll be less time that i have to communicate to him like what i'm looking for as far as sounds and just playing it for each other back and forth um between tweak sessions so but i re- i'd really like to do june 19th i actually don't even know if i'll be on land or on the sea for june 19th so it'll take a little bit for me to um plan ahead and, and make sure that if that's the date i'm going with to, you know, line up all my promo and let people know what's going on and then, you know, schedule it so it can drop on time. Right. Well, hell yeah. Hopefully that goes well. And then um, I'm going to say I have one artist that is on Internet Friends 3 that I think y'all two should collab because I think y'all would work well together. It's this uh, female artist by the name of Mte, And uh, I don't know why, but when I, I always I know when I've worked with her, I'm like, man, I just think y'all two would work well together. So um, in the future, when you're working on more projects, keep that in mind. Mtay, well, shoot me a uh, shoot me a message on Twitter and and uh, just tag her in it, and we'll I'll uh, I'll It'll, check out. I'll deck. send it right after I send you the best of Asher Roth playlist. I'm going to assemble. Oh shit! I'll I'll let you and uh I'll let you and Wifey get get the best of DMX. I'm not gonna send it to you though because it, it's it's got to be organic. Yeah, understand, understand. Um, hey, if, if if a good starting spot is a song, it's called "Ready to Meet Him." By DMX. I feel like that's Ready to be meet him. Real religious, and I'm gonna make me like it even less. So, no, nah, man. It's. I mean, if you got like any type of beating heart in your chest, like it'll, you know, it, it might touch that. I'm not a religious person, so I definitely don't enjoy gospel music or most things uh, that are religious. Just, just because that's not what I'm into. Yeah. However, this, this song here is. Uh, I mean, if you got a beating heart, it's. Gotcha. Well, I'll I'll check it out because I don't think I've listened to it before. Um, And I'll try to not harass you with Asher Ross stuff. Just know you're wrong. I mean, that's as long (laughs) as you can know that. Um, I mean, he's I I mean, he's like a top three or whatever fucking class that is that we were looking at earlier. Um, But all right. (laughs) Appreciate you being on. Good luck in the fucking open seas. Yeah, man. I'll uh, I look forward to coming back and just, you know, drop me a line. For sure. And if you would like, you know, send me a song. We can play it at the end of this. Oh, shoot. If you got one. If not, no big deal. 
Yeah, I'll I'll, sh- I'll send you something in a message. Perfect. All right, peace, All right, man. Peace. Who care your flowers just because? Yeah. Ooh, I think I like her. Ooh, I think I like her. Close up attraction, I attracted you. And I'm attracted to your love, oh. Please give me your chance and please give me your hand and we gon' do this dance. Money dance, money dance. Yeah. I ain't nothing like your last nigga. Now you fucking with the real ain't no lame nigga. That's why I fuck with you hard. Big blue faces where I'm holding. Cry me a river building ocean. I'm all in my feelings, I got love for you. I wanna cut the cool with no ceilings for you. I wanna build a future, get a bag with you. I want a lifetime of love with you. And we so lit in love, that's why I fuck with you. We so lit in love, baby. I'm all in my feelings, I got love for you. I wanna cut the cool with no ceilings for you. I wanna build a future, get a bag with you. I want a lifetime of love with you. And we so lit in love, that's why I fuck with you We so lit in love, baby Yeah, I fuck with you, son You know that I'm gone if I'm hitting it wrong And I don't got time for no children at all And I'm on the road trying to make sure we ball Lay all with you, I'm a mad shit Make all with you, I'ma make it back, Ben So it's all with it, it's you by that action She's dangerous, bad like Michael Jackson Let's go Feelings, I got love for you. I wanna cut the cool with no ceilings for you. I wanna build a future, get a bag with you. I want a lifetime of love with you. And we so lit in love, that's why I fuck with you. We so lit in love, baby. I'm all in my feelings, I got love for you. I wanna cut the cool with no ceilings for you. I wanna build a future, get a bag with you. I want a lifetime of love with you And we so lit in love, that's why I fuck with you We so lit in love, baby Girl, I let you drive my Benz And you can scoop up your friends I give you all of my ends Just tell me this will never end I'ma end up in the pen And even though you know I'm mad nice with the pen Fuck all that girl, I'm crazy from within And there's no straight jacket for this love I fell I can tell when we talk on the phone You the one that's on my mind when I'm walking alone Even when I'm spitting game, got me all in my zone I know you're different cause for once I ain't just talking to bone Ooh. I'm all in my feelings, I got love for you I wanna cut the cool with no ceilings for you I wanna build a future, get a bag with you I want a lifetime of love with you And we so lit in love, that's why I fuck with you We so lit in love, baby I'm all in my feelings, I got love for you I wanna cut the cool with no ceilings for you I wanna build a future, get a bag with you I want a lifetime of love with you And we so lit in love, that's why I fuck with you We so lit in love, baby